Listening to the Bromsgrove Standard Podcast because you have impeccable taste. Very warm welcome to this week's Bromsgrove and Droitwich Standard Podcast with me, Tristan Harris. Now, with me in the studio today, I've got Aid and Anne from the Round Hill Allotments in Bromsgrove. Hi, Hello. how are you? Good morning, Tristan. Good, thank you. Good thank morning. Thank you very much for inviting us here this morning. That's all right. You're looking bright eyed and bushy tailed. It's obviously all that. Uh, you know, fresh fruit and veg you get in your diets. Lots of fresh air. <laughs> and fresh air, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know where Roundhill Allotment Site was, I must admit, when uh, when I did this story. Uh, well, just to, for our listeners, describe a bit where it is. It's uh, just off Marlbrook, um, Licky End in Bromsgrove, very close to the M42 Junction, Junction 1. Um, tucked out the way, down a little lane, right in the middle of the countryside. Yeah. So, uh, and you can obviously, if you... If you um, grow enough produce, you've obviously got a beautiful transport link there in the M42 to get it down to those southerners. Absolutely, absolutely. Straight <laughs> charge to lo- more down straight south. to London, charge double, exactly. <laughs> and the site itself is um, 100 years old, or over 100 years old. It is. I mean, we, we don't know exactly the age of the allotment site, but we've got um, local ordnance survey maps going back to 1884, showing it as farmed land. And uh, and we believe that the allotment site goes back to the early 1900s. So it, it's pretty, yeah, it's established. It's all established. Mm-hmm. It's important as well for the soil, isn't it? Because uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's obviously well established now, the, yeah. the, the soil and everything. And you've got, it's been used by over 100 families, is that right? It is, yeah. We've got um, just over 100 plots, so 100 families. Hmm. So it's quite an active, busy site. It's one of the largest... Possibly the largest in Bromsgrove. I think it is the largest. Now, what are the... Lots of different families use it from sort of retired people, right, to people with young kids. I mean, there's a couple of slides and things on site for entertainment on the plots where people bring their kids up to spend the day. It's it's a really active site and lots of community feel about it. Well, having spent a week in the Isle of Wight camping, um, I I just love being outdoors myself, so it's it's just lovely. Um, and so you've got the, the allotment site. Now, what are the plot sizes like? Because I had a friend of mine who had one with Birmingham City Council, and uh, he's a gardener, so you can imagine he was, he was growing celeriac and all sorts of things, and, and he was saying he was only, he'd only ever used like a third of the plot size. They're quite, they can be quite large. It's deceptive. I mean, uh, they are a sixteenth of an acre. We've got two sizes, a sixteenth and a thirty-second of an acre which to the layman doesn't mean a fat lot. It didn't to me. But a sixteenth of an acre is quite a large back garden. Um, if you're thinking of an old Victorian house yeah. with a large, long back garden, you, 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 it's, it's not too dissimilar to that. So it's a big space. Yeah. So they do take a lot of upkeep. And it's, yeah, a lot of work, isn't it? A involved? lot of work. But yeah. on the other side of the, the, the coin, you've got, um, you know, you can't beat... 
fresh veg that you've just picked or like an apple off a tree or, or anything like that Absolutely. i mean my daughter kelly she's got um only a little tiny strawberry plant in the garden and when we, when we came back from holiday of course this big red strawberry is ready and she was tasting it and i said to yeah. her i said is that the best strawberry you've ever tasted and she was like yeah yeah it is and okay. it is just it's just satisfying isn't it it is and it's lovely like Anne said we've got families there with young children and it's lovely to see them on site growing things for themselves and getting involved and digging in the soil things that we did as kids but a lot of young children don't don't do well the other thing is as well is the older people can pass down the knowledge to the younger people and that's always been hasn't it you know whenever whatever job you're in whatever pastime, the best way to learn is by seeing someone doing it who's been successful at it that's right that's how, how you gain experience, isn't it, from other people? And it's better than that because obviously uh, you, could, you could technically, I suppose, online, you could do a bit of research, but there could be conflicting ideas. There could be ideas that don't maybe Google's work as great, well. But Google is great. Confusing but there's, but there's as well. There's no, there's, no, no. there's no response. There's no replacement for a, a grandpa and granddad, is there? There isn't. And that's the nice thing about the, the allotment. There's people who've been on site for year, you know, 20, 30 years who know what grows well, know what, what to do, and, and the community is about sharing that knowledge amongst ourselves, really. Mm. We've got a couple on site now. They're our oldest standing tenants, but they came onto the site in 1968. So... They've got a fair bit of experience so to, to yeah, pass on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, because that kind of knowledge is lost. Because I, I know when my dad passed away, um, he'd sent, he'd showed me a load of stuff. Um, most of it, like you know, simple things like spraying the car with uh, WD forty when it's when it's when it's damp in the uh, right. in the winter, and yeah, it starts exactly. miraculously, and little things like that, and changing the plug and things. Yeah. And there are, I mean, we've had a Broad Street DIY in as well, and they they ran sessions for like twenty five year olds because a lot of the time now these skills aren't being passed down, mm. um, and like simple things like putting up shelves and stuff, and and, and they hold sessions that have been immensely popular. Um, like DIY things and it is important to get that skill set passed down isn't it and obviously they'll pass it down to their kids and they'll pass it down to their kids and hopefully it lives on so technically the grandpa and grandparents advice could have probably come from medieval England and it's just been passed down from (laughs) from Vikings to Roman yeah and and all that Um, now what kind of um, what kind of veg and fruit do you grow down there is it everything and anything and what's the most popular all manner of yeah. veg and fruit, anything that you can think of. I mean, we've got kiwis growing on site, fairly exotic. I was going to say, I didn't even um, know we could grow kiwis in this we've country. Got, we've got kiwi trees on site, um, and then everything down to your down to the humble potato and peas and beans. Um, yeah, it's just a whatever you want to want to try, really. And you can have. A greenhouse on site, so you can grow sort of chilies, tomatoes, that sort of thing. So it's the full range of your own mini orangery. A mini orangery, melons, um, lots of you know. So are you pretty much? Because I mean, obviously, the harvest time is the main time, isn't it? Like September, um, the autumn. So are you pretty much self-sufficient throughout there? Does your veg bill drop dramatically? I wouldn't say it drops dramatically because there's the exotic stuff. And if you want it out of season, um, you know, you can either live off courgettes for a month or choose to buy other things Mm. to go along with it because that's the Mm. thing you knew. Yeah, Mm. it's seasonal, but that's nice that you get that variety through the year. You're not. Well, funnily enough, this is what I was saying. We had um, an American, uh, I've got an American friend on Facebook and um, she was quite shocked by the weather. Um, She was saying, you're still in. 
coats and it's like 40 degrees over or like whatever it is over the world. And I think it was 90 Fahrenheit, I think it was, because they always love a bit of Fahrenheit over there, don't they? And she was like, can you even grow stuff over there? And I was thinking, we've got the best conditions for growing stuff because we have equal rain and, that's and right. sun. That's right. We Perfect never have any climate. tornadoes to take your veg away either. So, uh, no, so that's no. all good. So I was saying, yeah, we do, but we just get seasonal things. Like strawberries are obviously predominantly in the summer and then, mm. uh, and then you get the different We don't have seasons. tornadoes, but we do have a lot of wildlife to contend with. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Around, what kind of things do you have that around there? Rabbits, deer, badgers, oh. um, lots of buzzards, hopefully to control the rabbits. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, so we saw so many buzzards while we were on holiday as well. And we also saw red squirrels, of course, which would be nice Did to see oh. here. Oh. Um, yeah, I we thought only was, have the grey. That was one of my. Uh, that was on my to-do list. That was one of the things I did. I was googling where's the best place to see squirrels on the Isle of Wight, and oh, we right. went and, and, and saw some. They were saying, actually, funnily enough, that um, on the Monday and Thursday is the best days to see red squirrels. And I thought, surely squirrels don't know what time of the week it is. Okay. And then uh, the next line said, because the bird feeders are, are, are filled up on Sundays and Wednesdays. So, uh, <laughs> so that, that's okay. obviously... Yeah. Purely coincidental. But it's that's the thing. We have a couple of um, people on site who, who keep bees. So yeah. there's beehives on site, which, I mean, bees are really oh. threatened at the moment, so it's really important. And obviously you need the bees to pollinate as well. Mm. So it's not just that. I mean, obviously yeah. it's nice that they provide you some honey yeah. um, but also yeah they, they're, they're that's like, right honey is the without bees that's it, it we're gone so, yeah. we? without bees yeah. we're gone um, so the actual shed as well because obviously we'll talk about the open day in a minute because you've got that coming up which is very exciting but we've got the um, £10,000 national lottery funding um, that's brought you a new community hub on the site um, because the one you had was no longer fit for purpose 40 years old an old football it was changing was it, it football was pavilion 40, we've had it on site 40 years so it's older than that so it's older than that and it was an old football pavilion from a, a local football club and i think when it got to the end of its useful yeah. <laughs> time on site as a football pavilion it, it got passed to us we'll palm it off on that allotment we'll palm it off on the load up the road <laughs> that's right yeah and uh, we've seen it in service for 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 40 years but um we started to repair it and bring it back into useful service and realized that it was going to cost more than we could afford basically yeah so we looked at the options of uh, applying for a national lottery grant and yeah. we were successful and we applied for the grant uh, just before christmas last year yeah got the grant and now we've got a lovely new building did avoncroft contact you about the old pavilion <laughs> they did it it's, it's not of historical value they or anything it. is it it wasn't quite in that class. they are big fans of the podcast they, as well so they might be just, no i know they've, they've got a pavilion coming from Worc worcester cricket club but oh, uh, yes, but have. that might yeah. be a bit more um, aesthetically pleasing on the eye. No doubt. <laughs> so you've got you had the old football pavilion, which obviously didn't have a lot of facilities and things, and now you've no. got this new community hub. Tell us what you've got in there. Well, the old the old football pavilion was literally just a shed, and it was used for storing stuff. Yeah. Um, this new community hub now is exactly what the term would indicate and suggest. It's it's a centre for our activities. For the community it's got a fully fitted kitchen it's wired for electricity we provide our own electricity um, from a portable generator we've recently had another grant given to us from councillor shirley webb and her councillor's divisional fund which is going to enable us to put solar panels on the roof 
so that we can provide our own electricity that way. So it, it really is a real boost for the whole community at Roundhill. All the events that we have, our curry nights, our cheese and wine evenings, our social get-togethers, our monthly committee meetings will all be held on site now in a purpose-built building. Well, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? Because people listening might think, why? Why do they need a kitchen and a community hall and everything on an allotment? Surely they're just yeah. going veg, having a cup of tea and going home yeah. again. But um, you do hold, so you hold um, cheese and wine nights, yeah. curry nights. Yeah. Um, what else have you Bonfire got? Bonfire in night in November. Um, we'll have an annual show and summer barbecue. Yeah. Which is... Let's mention that now. Um, that's a week on Saturday, uh, August the 31st. 31st. So it's an open day. And a produce festival, people can go along, see what the plot holders do, have a chat. Councillor Shirley Webb will be cutting the ribbon. She will. And uh, it comes, uh, yeah. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so you've got you've got all the facilities on site. People can have a look around, and oh, <laughs> and uh, we can, um, yes, yeah, so people can find out what you do um, and, and things. So, uh, so yeah. So, t- what time is that on um, next Saturday? It's from midday, twelve o'clock. Yeah. Okay, so it's 12 o'clock It's then. the first time that we've ever had an open day. Um, so it, uh, we, we'd normally have a summer show, yeah, a produce show, and we would ordinarily have a summer barbecue. Yeah. Not at the same time, but yeah. they're the two summer events that we hold. This year, because we've got the new building, and we're rather proud of it all, we're, yeah. we're lumping that, the open day... We're having an open day and we're having the grand opening, summer barbecue, produce show, all on the same day. And it's the first time that we've actually opened up the site yeah. to the general public to say, come and, come, and have a look. come and have a look and see what we're up to on Roundhill. Excellent. So, and is this something you'll, if it goes well, is it maybe could that become an annual event, your summer open day? And definitely. Yeah. Definitely. We see it as being the first of many don't we yeah I mean we want to encourage other people to to enjoy what what we think is a really you know valuable thing to do I mean we've already there is a waiting list of 26 so it's becoming more and more popular but the more people that get involved and as you said learn about produce and growing their own things the better well, it's a big thing at the moment, isn't it, the environment? And, um, I mean, I've said it once, I've said it a million times. We're not the worst country in the world, so I, I can't understand yeah. all these protests. But, um, yeah, more environmental. We've got to do something, uh, even though we are doing quite a lot in the UK. And we're in like, the top five in the world. Um, but, I mean, this ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? You're growing your own fruits so you, and veg, so you're cutting down on food miles. You've got solar panels on the way which are going to be generating your own electricity. Obviously, you've got water butts, I assume, on Absolutely. site and everything to yeah. collect rainwater. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so, I mean, this is the best possible thing. And then, so the produce, going back to the produce show, what kind of categories do you have in that? Oh, all the usual ones. There's sort of, you know, the longest, cauliflower, uh, the longest carrot, the tallest sunflower. Um, there's producing a mini garden for the kids, so to get the kids involved. Oh, brassicas, root vegetables. The um, most unusual vegetable. Yeah. The ugliest know, Ugliest, veg. funniest shaped vegetable. It's the standard stuff, really. Yeah. Um, um, fruit cakes, jams, chutneys, wine. Wine, what, all, all wine. the things that you can produce from an allotment are on the, the best show. possible potato salad in Bromsgrove next And the week. best potato salad in Bromsgrove, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and have you? Um, so obviously, there's the produce winners. Have, has this ever expanded nationally or anything? Has anyone ever won like a bigger prize further afield? No, or no, no? We, we haven't ventured it, that that far Because yet, I know because it was yeah. National Allotment Week last week, wasn't it? It was. It was. To get, uh, it which was. is so it's very timely yeah. that we're doing this now. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so you haven't thought about trying to grow the world's biggest pumpkin or anything, or not yet. No, no but it's early days. Early days. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's all all good. Um, I want to talk to you as well about um, obviously this thing a few weeks ago um, with the community gardens idea, because obviously you yes. said there's got they've got a waiting list of twenty six uh, um, for for the allotments, and allotments have have always been like like that, haven't they? They've always um, had had waiting lists. Um, so what do you think of this community gardens idea to use any plot of land that the council has or doesn't? I think it's a great idea and um, we were talking with Councillor Shirley Webb only last week about a, an area in Catsill that has been identified as being wasteland that they are going to do exactly that with. Yeah, I think when she came in she used and, to mention uh, that. And I well. think it, it's, it's a great idea. It's turning unused plots of ground mm into something that's aesthetically much more pleasing but useful as well. I think there is a danger as well with the way schooling's going at the moment that everything is so classroom orientated. You know, they've cut down on drama, they've cut down on sports. Yeah. I mean, when I was like second year of infant, so the one after reception, I remember reading, finding an old school report and it said, Tristan can now count up to 10 well done whereas like my my daughters are doing like long division by that age and things they it's are. just That's there's fair. so much pressure on on the kids these days and yeah the emphasis has shifted completely yeah, to academic it? studies and i think i think with mm. i mean allotments w and community gardens would be an ideal way to extend their skill set past the classroom and mm. give them some practical um things mm. absolutely yeah. cool so if anybody so we've got the just to recap uh, before we move on to the news, we've got um, the open day next Saturday, August 31st, Roundhill Allotments in, is it Licky End, yeah? Yes. Licky End. Yeah. Um, and it's 12pm um, onwards. There's the produce show. You've got a barbecue. People can see what you do down there. Strike up, meet new people. There's nothing better than meeting new people right. out in the fresh air. Fun and whilst, games for the kids. Whilst chomping on a potato salad that's the best that's in right. Bromsgrove. That is just, it's an ideal Saturday afternoon. It sounds perfect. And, um, and, and we've booked the weather. We've oh, you booked the weather? For it okay, as well. that's good. Yes. Yeah, well, it's not a bank holiday, so you should be all right. We should be all right. And uh, yeah, and how can people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with the Roundhill Allotment folk? We've got the website. Yep. Um, and Facebook page, and we're on Instagram and Twitter, so we've got all bases covered, basically, okay. and it, we're, we're not difficult to find. And also, we've got obviously the story on the website that went on live last and week. We're in the, um, and so we're in the uh, the standards so this week on page twelve. Yep. And also, <laughs> we've got yeah, so people can go onto the website and click through as well. I think to your website yeah. there if yeah. I've if I've set up the story properly, which I think I did. Yeah. Cool. Are you okay to hang around and chat through a few news stories? Yeah, absolutely. Love okay. To. Cool. A levels. Obviously, we've just been talking about how everything was academically um, scheduled these days, and, uh, and obviously the biggest day of the year. Um, arguably, um, for schooling, it was the A-level results day, which I um, very cleverly booked off because it's quite frantic in the office on, on, on A-level results day. Um, North Bromsgrove High School, they celebrated um, what head teacher Nick Gibson described as a pleasing set of A-level results. Now, if you remember, and um, we've covered this on the podcast before, and we have got Nick Gibson has promised to come on this podcast, so it, it's, it's out there now, it's on the record, so he's got to do it now. 
Um, last year, the school was put in special measures by Ofsted after a condemning report. Nick Gibson was appointed in October 2018, and miraculously, the school came out of special measures in record time. Um, one of the quickest in the country, if not the quickest in the country. We, we, we really? don't have anything like that. Um, and um, what they said was, I think they got them out of special measures, so they were performing okay, but the problem was, was the results. They, the last results they had were not good enough to take them to the next level, so they needed to wait for the next results to come. So they're going to have to undergo another Ofsted inspection, which, speaking to Nick Gibson and knowing um, what, a, what a great job he's done and what an optimistic... Uh, how proud he is of the school. He, he won't fear that at all. He'll want them those Ofsted inspectors back in as soon as possible. And then they can combine that with the results. And hopefully North Bromsgrove is going to be on its way to being an outstanding school. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. It, it deserves to. It deserves to. I mean, we had a lot of... I mean, we did the, the stories in, in the dark days when it... When one parent contacts you, you think, you know, has this parent got a gripe with the school? But then mm. the level of people contacting us, there was something that needed changing there. And uh, Absolutely. obviously those but changes it, have happened. Both my children went to North Bromsgrove. I went to North Bromsgrove. Yeah. And, and it's been, it's a fantastic school, potentially. Yeah. And that's obviously what something was amiss, yeah. which needed addressing. But um, it, yeah, hopefully it's, it's come through and come out the other side. Yeah. Fingers crossed for yeah, continuing crossed. improvement. And what Nick Gibson was saying, he was saying, you know, part of him, you, you know, he said it was good because South's up there and you've got Bromsgrove School and you've got Waisley and Droitwich, you've got some great schools around here. And he, he just wants North, South, everybody to be to be firing on all cylinders and providing the best possible education for the people of Bromsgrove Districts, which is hopefully where, where we're all heading. Um, he said it was uh, Mr Gibson and Head of Sixth Form Sarah Figg said they were delighted with the students' commitment and dedication and paid tribute to the hard work of the the students and the staff and everyone um, and then obviously hopefully looking forward to the next Ofsted South Bromsgrove High School it maintained its high standards for both A-level and B-tech 44% of all A-level passes were at A star to B an increase of 4% on last year 51% of B-tech entries were either distinction star or distinction overall pass rate of 97% from a year group of 166 Many excellent grades in the school with 22 students achieving at least two A grades and 11 students gaining three A stars or A's. Um, and then there were 68 students as well. Going back to what we said about the non-academic mm. stuff. 68 students completed their Duke of Edinburgh Gold Award Excellent. as well. So that's, you get, when you do Duke of Edinburgh and or get the kids out on an allotment you get rounded individuals don't you you don't just get people who, who've got no social Definitely. skills and they're just yeah. heading for um, um, a, a work life where they and it's just a good introduction into camping as well it is you, yeah you camping oh that. yeah I've learned, I've just, I'll make it up as I go along I had to repair a pole last week I was chatting to the owner of the campsite and she's going you enjoying your stay and I'm like yeah yeah thank you it's brilliant it's going well and then I heard the wind was picking up at this point and I heard an almighty crack and I went that doesn't sound good. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what I said to her. I said, I'm going to have to go. She said, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the pole had cracked. And I don't know if, if there's anyone out there camping, but it's just the worst job ever, repairing the pole, because you have this little thin bit of wire that you get onto the elastic bit, and you have to feed it through. Yes, I've done and that. It's, and it's yeah. hooked on to, like, you can only afford to hook it onto one or two fibres. And if it snaps, it goes back down the poles, and then you have to start again. And I'd repaired it once, and then I noticed that, as we pulled the pole out, there was three more that were there was no there was two more that were snapped in the middle. So we had to get the whole thing off again. I think the whole process must have taken over an hour. But 
Um, yeah, I've now got All a beautiful night, tent yeah. pole. Um, <laughs> I'll put under, I'll move my windbreaker there to put it around there to try and give it some more protection. But yeah, good. I, I, I advocate camping the same way I advocate allotments. It gives you lots of uh, social skills and outdoor Excellent. skills as well. It does. Yeah. Uh, maybe you could have a little bit of a campsite near your allotments. That could be good. People could come and. Uh, we'll, we'll have to have spend. a word with the, yeah. with the council. Over that <laughs> yeah, one, yeah. one of the plots. Then. Yeah. Don't turn them all into community gardens. I've got a great idea. No, that's right. Um, head teacher Chris Smith going back to South Bromsgrove congratulated all the students on their outstanding achievements thank parents governors teaching staff and support staff and for their extra le- excellent leadership and support of students Waisley Hills High School continued its upward trend with a 96.5% pass rate overall and two of Waisley's finest students Kate Benson and Joe Pawley both received two A grades and Droitwich Bar High School excellent results for them as well 48% of entries were A star A or B, 3% higher than 2018, and the vocational courses students, they achieved better results significantly than last year. Successful pupil Maddie Hen, she achieved A star grades in English literature and theatre studies, as well as an A in history. She'll study dance and applied practice at the University of Worcester. So well done to everyone getting their exam results. I hope if, if you've been through clearing or you've sorted out your offers, I hope you're well on your way to uni and buying all those cooking utensils and doing all the stuff that I used to do mm. and uh, checking out the uh, the universities with the lowest pint prices. That's always... No, no don't really do that. Uh, that's just me. Um, excellent news. Congratulations. Excellent news. Congratulations everyone. to them all. Yeah. Trains. Never too far away from this podcast. <laughs> As Harry interviewed um, um, Alan Humphreys last week about the dreadful service to Droitwich. Um, there's a new rail card introduced this week, 16 to 17 year olds. It's called the 16 to 17 Saver. There's a story about it on our website. Um, you can click through there, and it, it's basically the young person's rail card is £30 a year, and it offers a third off all fares, but you can't use it in peak times. Whereas this new one, it's £30 as well. It's 50% off all rail fares, and you can use it in peak times. So it's aimed at making college trips easier. And you, I mean. Gone of the days, that's aren't good. they? Gone, yeah, of the days, that's gone of the days when we used to get a free bus pass, like yeah, at school, when we absolutely. used to do that. But um, something like but that is something like is that is good. Fifty percent. Well I could do with fifty percent off my rail card as well because we? a hundred quid to go yeah. from Northfield to Redditch per month is just, and I can't go anywhere outside those two stations. Just that journey is just right. ridiculous. Um, so congratulations to that. So if you are um, heading to um, college or uni and you're 16, 17, it went on sale on Tuesday and it can be used from September the 2nd. So make sure you, you take advantage of that because let's face it, the government don't give much away, do they? So you might as well enjoy it enjoy when it, it comes. Enjoy it while you can. Um, right. And good luck to GCSE students as well. We're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, GCSEs come out tomorrow. So obviously in a couple of years' time, they'll be mentioned in our A-level roundup. Fingers so good crossed. luck to them. Yeah. Oh, academic, it's, it's the academic um, highlights of the year. We've got um, harvest time approaching for you lot, so it's yeah. a really busy time of busy year. Busy time, it busy is. Busy time. Um, staff at Northfield's Royal Orthopaedic are celebrating after finding out it's been shortlisted for a prestigious accolade in the Health Service Journal Awards. The hospital on the Bristol Road is through to the final of the Acute or Specialist Trust of the Year category. Um, the ROH fought off tough competition from hundreds of other hospitals in the contest, which recognises outstanding contributions to healthcare. Judges praised its visionary, spi- uh, visionary spirit, ambition and impact it has on all patients and staff. And the Royal Orthopaedics already ranked among the best hospitals in the country for patient experience. Um, it's always in the top 20% of the National Inpatient Survey and the Friends and Family Test. 
um, it always scores high in that. Um, it's going to find out if it's won its award at the Battersea Evolution Centre on November the 6th in London. So good luck to everyone there. Um, that was one of our best read stories yesterday. And to be honest, I mean, I live in Northfield myself, and we do have, we used to deliver there, we used to deliver papers to Northfield, but um, that we don't anymore, but we've got a big following online. And uh, to be honest, I, I haven't really heard of anyone uh, have a bad word to say about the, uh, the orthopedic The orthopedic, no, it's it is amazing. My Great dad had a knee replacement there a few years ago, mm. and I think he was up and about in about six weeks or something. It was just wow. absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, so well done to the Royal Orthopaedic, and good luck in the final. Um, we've got some sad news now, some quite shocking news. Um, we had a, um, a, Shetland, a Shetland pony um, in a paddock in Tiverton had its tail stolen in a barbaric attack. The 24-year-old horse was... Um, targeted between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. last Friday. The pony was roughed up and had its tail cut right back almost to the bone. The pony's owner believed that the theft might be related to some kind of treasure hunt. Witnesses or anyone with any information, if you've got any of that, any, if, if you know anything, please get in contact with the police 101 or Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 I mean, why would anybody do that? What is that about? It's horrendous. It's know. just horrendous, barbaric. Yeah. I mean, the pain that the horse... is. The horse... The, sorry, Shetland pony... Um, mini horse the Shetland pony is 24 years old and to put a, a creature through that I mean most people would find that it's you barbaric, just physically can't it? imagine doing that so it must have taken some restraining for you would have thought so to, yeah to be able to carry I mean, it's out just such one of those. It's just, you don't know horrible what, what horrible it's not what something something could do on somebody could do on their own either no. it, it, it's, no. it's a group it does sound like yeah. you, you need more than one like person it. to do that sounds like it to me but Wow. Right, and wow. moving on to happier news, happier equine news. My favourite story of the week is our and finally for this week. Two police officers had a mare of a morning in Bromsgrove when they were given a run around by a runaway horse. That was yesterday morning, um, so Tuesday at 5.30am. PC Danny Fulford and PC Osborne were chomping at the bit after receiving reports about the animal on the loose. The horse was having a field day, <laughs> or should that be road day? Um, as he led them on a chase around Ulster Road, Hule Lane, Pikespool Lane and Old Burcott Lane. Oh. And they're quite long roads, aren't yeah. they? He knew his way around. Uh, the horse they? did, yeah. Like I'm not sure the police yeah. officers did. Um, <laughs> after tracking down a head collar and finding a temporary field until the owner could be found, the pair proved they were the main men. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> and managed to rein the animal in. They decided to call him Bullseye, apparently from Toy Story. Apologise for any traffic delays. I'm not sure how many there would be at 5.20am in the morning. Um, while the horse was caught, the owner was being sought when the officers finished their shift yesterday morning. But I spoke to someone in the control room and they said um, the person who owned the field knew who the owner was. So hopefully the horse has been, or the Shetland pony, sorry, I keep calling it a horse. Um, oh no, sorry, this is a horse, this the other one was a Shetland pony. Um, hopefully the horse has been reunited with its owners. And I wrote that story on the hoof. <laughs> Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to sport, I think. We've got no horse racing in sports, um, sadly. Um, Bromsgrove Sporting, back in action after the um, start of the season. Uh, I've just looked at that division this morning. There's some big names in there. Hensford Town, Rushton, Di- Rushton and Diamonds. They're in the Southern Premier League Central. They're three games in. They're in eighth position. They've got one win and two draws. And uh, Bromsgrove Sport, I think it, I'll lose track of how many promotions they've got now. I think it's three. Or, I think they've had three promotions on the bounce. 
Um, so you never know if the team are going to be able to perform again. And obviously they lost Jason Cowley last year to Stevenage, um, who was, um, uh, when I'm talking about the main man, he was, he, was, he was the main man up front, but obviously it's a team game and everyone is good. And that, so they're proving. They went 2-0 down to Colville Town on Saturday, an established team who were also unbeaten. And then Carl Perry got two goals in the 90th minute to equalise 2-2 for wow. Sporting. So well done to Bromsgrove Sporting. They've got a big few days coming up. Bromsgrove versus Leicester Road on Saturday. That's three o'clock. It's an FA Cup qualifying round. Now, what people don't realise is when they're watching the FA Cup, some of the non-league teams have had to go through so many rounds just to get to the first to round proper. To get to proper. where they are, that's right. And this one is no different. They've got five rounds to get through. Then, if they get to the first round proper, they'll meet the teams from Leagues 2 and 1. And then, if they get two more rounds, obviously we're thinking ahead of ourselves here, but it'd be nice for a nice FA Cup run. Um, if they get to the third round, obviously you could draw one of the big boys, Premiership um, or Championship, Manchester United, down the old Victoria ground. That would be fantastic. That'd be to fantastic, see, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? Um, Leicester Road, who they're playing, are a couple of divisions below. Um, but you don't know if um, if, if Bren, Bren Kelly he's, he's had a great start to the season. Will he shuffle his pack and give some youngsters a go? Or we'll, we'll find out. And then also the other thing you might want to do as well is because the first derby, the first league derby against Starbridge is on Bank Holiday Monday. What an extravaganza that'll that. be! Yeah. That'll be away. Yeah, that'll be a cracking yeah. crowd puller. Um, three o'clock on Bank Holiday Monday for that one. And if you want to go down to Vic, the Victoria Ground for a bit of FA Cup football. Um, Saturday, 3pm, Bromsgrove versus Leicester Road. Everyone will be welcome. Droitwich Spa, they won 5-2 away against Gornal Athletic last week. A couple of goals from James Lemon, always sharp. And uh, Connor Collins, a hat-trick for him as well. They're sixth in the league, looking to push on, especially with a new stadium pitch that we reported a few weeks ago. So well done to Droitwich Spa. Um, they've got a week off now and they play in the Cup next Saturday. So we'll give you more about that next week. And this is a great story as well. A teenage tennis player from Bromsgrove finished runner-up in both the singles and doubles in a national tennis tournament played at Wimbledon. How about that? Well done. Cameron Owen, who is coached at Bromsgrove Tennis Club, was beaten 3-6-3-6 by Finn Logue from Cumbria in the 14s and under singles. He then also reached the final of the doubles with Toby McColl from Staffordshire. And they were beaten um, Love 4, 1-4 by Alfie King. And Finn Logue. Finn Logue's got to be a bit of a, a nemesis if he's not careful, like the whole Federer and Nadal thing. Um, so to get to SW19, Cameron had to first navigate his way through three rounds in the singles in the county road to Wimbledon Championships in Malvern. He had straight sets victories in all his matches, beating fellow Bromsgrovian um, Owen Perry 6-2, 6-2 in the final. Uh, the Wimbledon tournament itself featured 44 county winners from around the country, so to finish runner-up in that tournament. What an achievement. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely absolutely brilliant. fantastic. And um, four randomly selected runners-up from the county rounds, 12 groups of four, with two making it through to the knockout stage. Cameron won all his round-robin matches, dropping just four games in six sets and finishing top of his group. He then won the four knockout rounds comfortably before being edged out in the final. All matches were played on the um, Arangi grass courts to the west side of court one. As well as his competitors, Cameron also had to deal with rain delays as covers were being brought on for long periods. And all um, parents and families and the, the players were given a full stadium tour and a visit to the Wimbledon Museum. And their trophies were presented by none other than 
Kim Henman. So what a great occasion oh, wow. for him. Brilliant. And well done to Cameron. And we'll be watching you in the future. Hope we could have a potential Wimbledon champion there. Oh, man, Another Andy club. Murray. Another Andy Murray. Bromsgrove mm-hmm. um, Tennis Club is so you know they've got so many we've got another story coming up um, when they've got some loads of finalists and winners and things they're doing such a great job down there and if you want to find out more about Bromsgrove Tennis Club there's an exhibition match um, with new coach Finn Cook and some of the club's top juniors including Cameron um, and that's at 11am on September the 14th um, there's also going to be free coaching from 12 to 1 for all ages um, and for more information and to book places, email coach James Griffiths at JG Tennis Limited Ltd at gmail.com or call him on 07973 Don't worry if you didn't get that because it turned out the story's gone live on our website this morning about Cameron and about the open day. Um, so the open day, September the 14th, 11 a.m. for the exhibition match and free coaching for 12 um, from 12 to 1 for all ages and all standards as well. You can. Um, Find out more and book places. Um, so it is free, I think, but you need to book places so they need to know how many people are coming. That's about all we've got time for from the news section. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Have you enjoyed it? Thank very you very much, much. Yes. very much so. It's been Excellent. great. Yeah, so thank you. you have to get this blaring out on the allotments next week when all like by the end of the week. Yeah, have you heard our interview <laughs> on, on the podcast? Thank you ever so much. Next um, brand PA system. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's it. You say. That's get get, get yeah. applying to the lottery and then we'll get you on again and talk about the PA system and then we can do it. So thanks to Aidan and Ad for coming in. And Claire is up next with uh, Out and About, all the entertainments that you could be doing in Bromsgrove, Droitwich and Rubri over the next few days. For all the things to do and see this week, it's Claire Bullivant with this week's What's On Gate. Thanks, Tristan. Yes, my name is Claire and I'm here to tell you about some of my favourite things to do and see this weekend in the Bromsgrove and Droitwich regions. Starting off on Friday the 23rd of August, we've got the Worcestershire Open Studios event. This is a free art event, well 83 free art events in fact, and it's running all weekend until Monday the 26th. Basically it's 180 artists of all different mediums, you've got painters, sculptors, you name it, everything. And they are all opening their doors to you at 83 different locations around Worcestershire. This is a chance to delve into unseen creative spaces, talk directly to the artists about their inspiration, learn techniques and materials, as well as a chance to purchase exclusive artworks. Some artists are actually offering refreshments, they're demonstrating their work, and even some are offering the opportunity to have a go at making some art yourself. And if you visit five or more studios, you can be in with a chance to win £100 to spend on some of the artwork. Amazing, right? Entry to all the venues is free, so why not go and get creative this bank holiday weekend? It's the perfect way to spend a weekend, in my opinion, whether you're an art lover or you're just looking for a family trip out. You'll definitely find something of interest to you. It's a brilliant idea, and you can find out all the details on the website, which is worcestershireopenstudios.org.uk. Also starting on Friday, going on all weekend, is Beer Mageddon happening at Stoke Prior in Bromsgrove. They call it Metal's, Metal's Best Kept Secret, and it's three days of heavy metal, beer, music, and lots of fun. If you fancy going, get your tickets and all the information on their website, beermageddon.com. 
Moving on to Saturday the 24th of August. What better way to start your Saturday morning than by running a free 5k trail run around the grounds of the beautiful Churchfields Farm in Salwarp, Droitwich. It's a 9am start and yes, you heard me, it's free. It's also a lovely place to go. They have a delightful cafe there. There are cows. They have a pig who keeps escaping, who's very funny. They make the best ice cream on the planet. And they've got a maize maze. Yes, that's a maze made out of maize, which I have got lost on in in numerous occasions. It's a lovely place. Check it out. Churchfields-farm.co.uk Also, a couple of local live bands to check out on Saturday night. Rumour are playing at the Pillar of Salt in Droitwich on Saturday evening. Been hearing great things about them. And Mute the Flute will be back at the Hot Pole Inn in Bromsgrove. Great venue there for live music and always lots of fun. Moving on to Sunday, the 25th of August. It's, of course, Studley Car Boot Sale. Gates open at 6am. And if I may say so myself, this is, this is surely the best car boot sale in the land. I happen to love a bargain and I think... There is just so much good stuff at the Studley Studley, um, Car Boot Sale. You can go to car boot sales all over the place and it's all just tat, but there really is some excellent quality stuff at Studley and you really can pick up a bargain. As I said, gates open at six. All the details on their website, studleycarbootsale.co.uk. And if you haven't had enough of running this weekend, there's also another running event happening at the beautiful Hanbury Hall and Gardens on Sunday. This one is actually 10K, and the postcode for your sat-nav is WR97EA, and this is a national trust event. Gates open at 8.30 to register. Do get there in plenty of time to register, and the run starts at 9am. If you need more details, give them a call on 01527 821 214. Then on Sunday afternoon, it's bandstand music in Sanders Park once again, but this time it's with the Tenbury Team Valley Band. Take yourself a deck chair or just take a stroll around the lovely Sanders Park and listen to live music from 2.30 until 4.30 on Sunday. Always one of my favourite things to do if the weather is nice at the weekend. So um, personally, I like to invite a few friends, have a picnic, nice bottle of wine. Perfect Sunday afternoon. Then my final picks for the bank holiday weekend are on Monday the 26th of August. For the kids, it's a free concert with Wally Monday the 26th of August. For the kids, a free event with Wally the Clown coming to Sanders Park. He'll be there on Monday between 12 noon and 4pm. This is a slapstick clowning at its best experience with acrobatics and uninhibited audience participation is required. We love a bit of Wally. Also on Monday, it's the Singleton's Bank Holiday Bonanza. That's at Singleton's Nurseries. B61OHT is the postcode for your sat-nav. They say, that, they say there's going to be live music, a free bouncy castle, free face painting, one, plow, one pound plant sale, gourmet barbecue. Sounds like loads of fun. Definitely try and check that out if you're local. And over in Droitwich on Monday, it's the Droitwich Spa and District Horticultural Society's 71st Annual Show. This is all happening at Droitwich Sports. And Leisure Centre, WR9ORZ is the postcode. There's going to be flowers, fruit, vegetables, handicrafts, cakes, floral art, photographs, children's classes, refreshments, and fun for the whole family. 1 pm kickoff there, and have a lovely bank holiday weekend, everyone. And remember, if you have an event going on, let us know so we can let everyone know. Back to you, Tristan. Thanks, Claire. Sounds like there's loads going on.
across Bromsgrove Droitmansham Rubri. Um, have a good week, everyone. Thanks again to Anne and Aid for um, for coming in. Also, um, thank you too for listening. Remember, you can get daily updates on our websites, bromsgrovestandard.co.uk and droitwichstandard.co.uk. You can also email us through there. And if you like a bit of social media, why not follow us if you're not already? We've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, and we've got Instagram. That's where all the conversation's happening, as well as on our letters page, of course. So we'd love to um, love you all to join up with us on social media. And uh, there's, some, there's some cracking discussions on there. All that's left to say is have a good week. Good luck to uh, Bromsgrove and Droitwich Football Clubs and every other sporting team taking part in activities this weekend. And we'll see you at the same time next week. <laughs>